Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. I remember having a session with a client that was this pivotal moment for him. And the theme of it was this absolute necessity of changing certain limiting and negative beliefs. I'm a huge proponent about how when people struggle with a habit or if it extends to an addiction, it roots, it's rooted in three different levels. The first level, the basement level, the most powerful are our beliefs. And then after our beliefs, urges and temptations then can stem from our negative emotions, our desire to cope. And then at the highest level, it's our habits. So when people address all three of these levels, they become different people completely. And their struggle with pornography gets eliminated because they're resolving the roots of why they're struggling. So the roots typically exist on one or more of these three levels. On the belief level, this one's the most powerful because these are the things that influence everything. Our thoughts, our feelings, our actions are all linked with our beliefs. And so I had a conversation with somebody that it just reinforced to me how critical this is to eliminate this particular subconscious belief that was driving him to continue to stumble and struggle and go back into old patterns because of this one belief. I want to share with you the story and then what the belief is and then how you can actually deal with this. So this particular person, he was talking to me about how this, I was working with him and he was doing so, so well. And over a period of months, he was doing great. And then he described this uh, work event that he was at where he had to speak in front of a bunch of people and he felt a tremendous amount of anxiety and stress. Those are his words. And in that moment, he said mentally he wasn't in a good state. He hadn't been sleeping well. He had not really been opening up and sharing with his wife about what was going on. He just kind of started to recluse. And so all of that led up to this work event where he just felt completely overwhelmed. In the back of his mind, the thought popped up, I can just go look something up and not feel so overwhelmed and anxious. Because porn for him had been an escape. And he felt a sense of control when he would watch it. And so this thought creeped up in the back of his mind and he tried to resist it. He tried to fight against it, but then ultimately he found himself viewing things that he knew he shouldn't be viewing and he felt horrible about it for a couple of reasons. Number one, he felt horrible that he did it. He felt this guilt and the shame. And number two, which was even more significant, was the fear that this, this was his belief, right? It's just this fear that he had was, I'm always going to struggle with this. This is always going to be a part of my life and no matter how well I'm doing, I'm going to fall back into it eventually. And he felt so discouraged because of that. So it took him a few days before he reached out. And in those few days after that initial slip, after he went back to this old pattern, he then found himself like binging where every day for maybe three or four days just was searching. And he's just like, who cares now? Like it doesn't even matter. And I've seen this in many, many other people. This is why I wanted to do this episode because it just reinforced to me the necessity of addressing a few different layers in this person's story. So there was two or three things that I wanted to share with him that when we had our call, he left the call feeling completely different and he got back on track and he's doing great. Ever since we've spoken, he's doing great because of this thing that I want to share with you. So number one, implicit 
in his uh, explanation to me about his discouragement, the assumption was I could hear just the language and the way that he was speaking. He was viewing, there's two different ways to look at this. So the more traditional way of looking at this is you count your streaks and however long your streak is, that tells you how well you're doing. And if you do mess up, then it means you go back to square one, you completely start over. The efforts that you put in really didn't count that much because look, you're back in the same exact place. And it leaves somebody feeling completely hopeless. And that's what leads to this binge. There's a, in the research, there's research that talks about how the brain, once a, a an arbitrary line is crossed, for somebody it might be, it could be anything, right? If you, if there's a line in your mind that if you then cross, the brain goes like, it's like, what the heck? I might as well do this. I might as well jump all the way in. That's why people do this with diets. That's why people do this with alcohol or pornography. It doesn't really matter what it is. If there's a behavior that you're trying to abstain from and then you do a little bit of it, the brain says you already did this anyways, so you might as well just jump full on in. And that's what happened. He felt hopeless. He felt completely deflated because he'd been doing great for a long time, for months. And then he thinks to himself, I screwed up and I'm all the way back here. So I wonder for the guys listening to this, can anybody relate to this? I think so many men have felt that to one degree or another, doing well, even if it's not months, right? It can just be days or weeks or a month or two. It's like, hey, I'm doing great. And then there's a slip up and it's so depressing. And so he said it took him a few days to reach out to me because he just felt so, so stuck. Like I did everything I can and then look what happened. And so that's number one is this idea that we want to change the first thread that I shared with him. The first little bit of feedback was I wanted him to see there's a different way to look at this. It's not tracking streaks. It's not you go back to square zero, square one, if you miss, if you, if you miss and make a mistake. Rather, we are more, I'm more interested in when I work with clients in tracking their trajectory. What direction are they going in? And if there are mistakes along the way, them developing the skill, it's not even if, right? It's when, like it, when we fall short of what we want to have happen, can somebody develop the capacity and the skill set to learn and receive feedback and implement the feedback so that you can course correct? I shared with him a couple of analogies. One of them being, I remember reading this book about personal growth and the author used an example of a homing missile. He said that sometimes people think that when a homing missile fires off, it goes directly from the launcher and finds its way to the target without any, like with no issues. It's just a straight line fires into the target. He said, that's not at all what happens. He said that when once a, a, a rocket is launched and it's a homing missile, it makes literally thousands of course corrections along the way to the target. It is continually receiving feedback from its system, its mechanism, its homing mechanism, and then course correcting based on the feedback that it's getting. And so the guy who was reading, who wrote this book said, this is exactly the work of personal development. It's all feedback. There is no failure. If you see it as a failure, you get discouraged and think like, well, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I can't figure this out. I'm not going to be able to do this. Then you beat yourself up and then you go, you just spiral versus you see it as a trajectory that you're walking on. You're, you're walking towards. You have these values. Nobody's perfect. 
we're learning to more closely align our actions with our values. And when we miss, we learn why that happened, what led to this, and what do I need to put in place to make a different decision next time. I said, and then I used another analogy. I said, imagine you're a, you're, you're a basketball player or your son's a basketball player and he loves playing basketball and you're shooting free throws with him and you're practicing and he makes 20 shots in a row and then he misses number 21. In no other area of life do you think, well, all of the 20 shots that you just took don't count anymore. All of the effort that you've put into today's practice is completely pointless because you missed that shot. In no other area of life do we think that. Imagine going to college and you take class after class, you're learning, you're growing, and then in your physics test, you get a C or a D. That doesn't give you amnesia for all the other things that you learned in the class. You don't get amnesia for all the other things that you learned in every other class that you took in college. It simply means that you got a C or a D on the test and there are certain bits of material that you need to spend a little bit more time with. It's a totally different way of looking at it because instead of going back to ground zero after a slip, going back to this, you know, the work that I was doing with this client, instead of going back to ground zero, you think to yourself, okay, there is something I need to learn from this. What led to this? What was the trigger? What do I need to put in place? What action plan? How do I refine my action plan to account for this type of situation in the future so I don't make this decision again because that's not what I want to have happen. It is so far away from going back to ground zero. All of the good work that he had been doing didn't get washed away. He still had learned tremendous amounts of tools and new ways of approaching situations and changing his heart, changing thought patterns, changing emotional responses to triggers. He'd done so much good work. And so now when he gets a bit of feedback, like, hey, there's another situation that needs attention, that doesn't mean all the other work that he did that contributed to his success in many other ways didn't count. Like all of that counts. The last analogy that I shared with him, I just, I think in these, I don't know, weird images, I'm hoping this helps to kind of, as I'm conveying my points, imagine building a house, this foundation is solid, the framing is solid, the drywall is great. And then at the very top of the house, one of the shingles falls off. You don't think, well, this whole house is wrecked. We might as well tear it down. You think, okay, the shingle fell off. Maybe it needs another nail. So let me go back up there, figure out why, put a nail in here and then reinforce it with this screw. And then you're great. Everything's good again. So when he heard that, it helped bring some relief. Like, okay, well, at least all my efforts, not for nothing. Because when he originally thought that he was totally depressed and was spiraling because that's where he went with it. Theme number two, this one's the most important. This is the one I want to really highlight. Theme number two was this subconscious belief that he revealed that completely torpedoed him in this particular moment. For him, the belief was this, he described it as kind of this self-fulfilling prophecy. He said, oh, there's a couple threads in this that I think are important to unpack. The first trigger for him was the temptation. And I think uh, there's a lot of people who can relate to this. I've had conversations with a lot of guys who feel similar, where whenever they feel physiological arousal, they've been trained and conditioned almost to demonize their sexuality. So whenever they feel arousal or temptation, they flag that in their mind as evidence that they're not doing well, that they're still struggling. 
and that somehow being tempted meant that they're still struggling with this issue and it's still not gone away. And as a result of this temptation, they also think, this is the, these are the two or three things that he said. For me, when I felt tempted, it, it showed me that number one, I'm still struggling with this and that I'm still going to continue to struggle with this. This is kind of my lot in life that I'm not gonna be able to get beyond this. I'm gonna struggle with this problem for the rest of my life. That was the first thing. Number two, the temptation for him and his, his mind was a sign of weakness. The fact that it, anything even got his attention meant he was weak. And then as a result of these two beliefs, number one, temptation means that I'm, I'm still struggling with this issue and I messed myself up because I've watched so much pornography you know, when I was young. It totally has changed my brain, so I'm messed up. I'm broken. And if I'm broken, here was the, the conclusion that he drew, if I'm broken and I'm still struggling with this, there's no way out then. It's just me trying to fend off the inevitable, that this is my destiny and I really don't have any control over this. And so when he felt this extreme stress, when he felt the anxiety of the presentation, when he felt like he was running on fumes as a, for, with a lack of sleep, the thing that all of this connected to was this subconscious belief that this was just him anyways. That the mistake, the slip up was going to happen regardless of what he did, regardless of how many weeks or months that he had, that he, he did well. The subconscious belief was, I'm eventually going to slip and I can't battle this forever. And so here's this moment where I feel weak and I, I might as well just get this over with because I'm going to do it at some point anyways. That one belief, unless you rid that out of your conscious and subconscious mind, this is going to be the thing that keeps you stuck. And I do not want that for you. If you're a wife listening to this, I don't want this for you. Because if your husband struggles with this and he has this belief of this is just who I am, even though he doesn't want it, but if he just thinks I'm broken, I've done this, or maybe this is just a part of my DNA, maybe this is my cross to bear in life. If that's what his subconscious belief is, even if it's in the back of his mind, this will ultimately be the source of the downfall. And so I wanted so much, we spent a lot of time in session, me just emphasizing this particular thread here. And this is what I really wanna spend the rest of the episode talking about with you guys. I said it's really, really important that we start with and process how you arrived at this conclusion. Because if you have a core belief in place, we need to uncover and work through how you're defining it, how it got there, and resolve it so that you can feel like there, there's like an internal reconciling that happens. And so for him, his particular case was the trigger was temptation itself. It was just noticing that somebody was attractive. And then when he noticed somebody that was attractive or saw an ad, I don't remember what, I don't, I don't know exactly what it was, but there was some trigger of a thought of like looking something up. The fact that he felt tempted, he equated temptation with I'm, I, I'm still not over this. This is still in my life. Despite all of my efforts, I'm still struggling with this and I'm weak because this even got my attention. We had to start there to redefine temptation. So I shared with him a couple of stories. He's a member of the same church that I go to. He's not in the same congregation, but you know, in, we're in different states. And uh, we're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so we have a leader who is the president of the church. He's, he's the prophet and the president of the church. His name's President uh, Russell Nelson. And I was reading his biography. He's like, he's one of the most like 
amazing people that are alive today. The amount of stuff that he's a, he's a, he's a renowned heart surgeon. He pioneered heart surgery. He was one of the first people who were learning and exploring and developing and, and inventing aspects of this, you know, instruments to do this heart surgery. He's a, he's an amazing person and he's such a solid man of God. And I was reading his biography and in his, bio, in his biography, he was describing a, a, this a trip that he was on. He was on an assignment in Russia. And while he was there, he said that he was tempted with drugs and other illicit behavior. He didn't go into detail what that was. But I shared with my client that this man of God was faced with temptation. And he described this like, I was tempted with these things. And I said, temptation, this is where we wanted to start to break apart this idea. I said, temptation doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything about you because think about this, you know, the president of this church, of, our, of the church, such a solid person, such a, an example of who Christ is and how he lives. And he was tempted when he was on a trip and if he just, he responded with no, he wasn't going to do anything, but the temptation was there. You go a little further with this. The fact that Christ himself was tempted by Satan three times, he didn't have to entertain the thought. He knew what to do. He knew how to respond to that. But the fact that he was tempted and Satan tempted him and said, you can have this, you can have all the glory, you can have all the, all the riches, you can have, he, he tried to, he tried to convince Christ to make a decision that was out of alignment with his mission. And so I wanted to really make sure that my client was clear in terms of how to redefine temptation in that it doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean that you're still struggling with an addiction. It doesn't mean you're still an addict, which I, I really, really disagree with the label of I'm an addict. I just think it's so disempowering. This is a part of why I think so many men struggle is they have that belief. I'm an addict. And what do addicts do? Well, they relapse at some point. So that's just, again, based on this traditional way of looking at it. And so for him, I wanted to help him be clear. Temptation doesn't mean anything about you. It means you're faced with a situation. Of course, temptation speaks to the flesh. That's what it is. It speaks to the flesh. It speaks to our carnal desires. And so just because you're faced with a situation, temptation, essentially, all that is, is you're being faced with a choice. Do you do this or do you do this? And it speaks to your flesh. And so do you have to, do you make a decision in the face of that to succumb or do you make a decision to say, I'm not going to entertain and, and indulge in that? That's all a temptation is. So him hearing that and separating himself from the temptation opened up this pathway in his mind that started to break this belief where he thought, okay, this is different than how I understood it. I thought that temptation means I struggled with it when really that's not the case at all. And as he then thought about it, he said, this just kind of creates this fork in the road where instead of it being my destiny, I'm going to screw up at some point anyway, so I might as well. It went from this is my destiny to this is my choice. I have control over this. This is not some immovable force in my life. I'm feeling optimistic now because in this other way where this is my destiny, this is who I am, then you start in a losing position and you end in a losing position and you're continually just delaying the inevitable. 
And so when he started to think about this, he's like, yes, like this, this really, really aligns with me because this isn't who I am. This isn't who I want to be. And I do have a choice in this because temptation for him, when he felt like he was tempted, there was a sense of him already crossing the line. And if when he felt like I'm already crossing the line, then the brain starts to do what it does, which is justify and rationalize. That's the mind, right? The mind will justify, rationalize, minimize, and do all, set up this, set up all of these hoops of it's okay, it's not that big of a deal. Well, you already did it anyways, you might as well go a little further. Well, you're gonna screw up anyways, so you might as well do it now and get it out of the way, get it out of the way. You might as well just save your energy and not struggle against it. The, the mind will come up with all these things to get you to take this other route, if, or to, rather to take this path if this is your destiny. However, when he started, when he broke the belief of, I'm not an addict, and this isn't my destiny, and it's okay to be tempted, it just presents me with a choice, just like everybody else. There's nothing uniquely broken about him. The fact that he's tempted means he's alive right? He's alive. There's temptation everywhere, every day. We can't get away from that. And it's okay. We don't actually need it to go away. We just need to feel empowered knowing the temptation doesn't mean that we're broken and still struggling and we're going to mess up anyways. The temptation is just simply a choice. Do you want to indulge now that you're tempted? Do you want to indulge or do you want to keep choosing? No, I don't need to entertain that. No, I don't need to go down that path. I don't need to make those decisions. There are other ways for me to deal with my stress. And that that this one belief was the impediment that brought him directly back into this old pattern because he subconsciously felt like, well, it's going to happen at some point anyways. So I wanted to share this episode with everybody who's listening because I cannot stress enough how critical our beliefs are. And it wasn't entirely clear to him. And sometimes this is where it's just so helpful to talk through it with somebody. And so as we discussed this and unpacked where it stemmed from and what, and for him, the, the definition of temptation and how he linked that with himself, he had a hard time working through that until we started to unpack it together. And so I wanted to share this lesson with you in hopes that this can help you see in this particular moment, do you struggle with this belief too? Is there something about temptation that makes you feel like you're still you know, struggling versus, oh, it's just a choice and everybody's faced with temptation and that's okay. Do you have this belief of, I'm, I'm gonna screw up at some point anyways. I'm not gonna be able to overcome this. And sometimes that belief is born through experience of somebody not being able to overcome it. So slowly the fear becomes solidified the fear is, oh no, I slipped again. And then it happens again. Then it happens again. Then it starts to form into a belief of like, I can't stop this. No matter what I've done, it doesn't work. And then it serves as this subconscious pillar almost that influences all of their thoughts and actions moving forward. So if this is you, I hope that this was helpful to start to break apart the fact that we all get tempted. If you do slip up and go back to an old pattern, it doesn't mean all is lost. It simply means there's something that needs attention. Going back to this house analogy, if a, if a shingle falls off or if the roof falls off or if something in the house, a pipe breaks, you don't have to scrap everything. It doesn't mean everything's bad. It doesn't mean nothing that you've done counts or works. It simply means, okay, if a pipe broke, that 
part of the house needs attention. And so getting the right tools to address the pipe, because if you're going to fix a pipe, it's a very different approach than if you fix a shingle that fell off. Sometimes people just aren't clear on what tools they should apply to what parts of their, you know, of their process. And so that's just the work. It's getting the support, the direction, the guidance, the tools that you need to give what needs attention, the attention that is necessary to resolve the issue. Because once you do, truly this problem becomes a thing of the past. And with this particular person that I was just sharing with you, he's been doing great since we called. And as he continues to move forward, it will just keep getting reinforced. I've got a choice. I can handle this. Temptation doesn't mean anything about me. And this is not my lot in life. I don't, I'm not going to struggle with this for the rest of my life, which is such an empowering place to be. And when you're there, it's very, very interesting that the temptation actually can uh, be reduced. It doesn't feel so overwhelming when you know, like, I've got a choice and this isn't even me. I don't need to indulge in this. The temptation can reduce. It doesn't feel so powerful. So I hope as you reflect on this, that you can also be thinking about what beliefs do you have in place that are undermining your ability to keep making progress? That's where, if I was in your shoes, that's where I would be spending all of my time. Or I would prioritize that rather and focus on how do I shift these beliefs on a deeper subconscious level so that there is congruence in my conscious mind of, no, I can do this without the doubt of like, hey, yeah, but can I really? Those are the subconscious beliefs that need to be rooted out and replaced with truth, with beliefs that empower you. Because once you're there, you can manage temptation. It's okay to be tempted. You don't need to get rid of that because you know that you're in a different place and you can have a different response to that temptation. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these Uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship. So you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.